This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Other Side of Midnight presents Commendations. That's right. This is the uh, show where we give a commendation to those that have done something commendable. And I must begin with seven-year-old Matthew Sleeman, a New Jersey boy who has been awarded a patent. Can you imagine? I mean, I feel like such a loser. This guy's seven years old. This kid is seven years old, already got a patent. Um, He's been awarded the first of hopefully many patents to his list of accomplishments. So this youngster from Monroe was recognized by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for being one of the youngest patent holders in the country. His invention is color-changing building bricks that the fourth grader, he skipped two grades in school, named Aqua Bricks. According to Matthew's website, Aqua Bricks is a revolutionary technology made by kids for kids, and the Aqua Bricks can change color before, during, or after assembly. And what makes these aqua bricks so special is special paint that's applied to the brick. It dries white, but it becomes clear when wet, and the clear layer reveals the underneath color or markings. So it's simple, but the possibilities are as endless as your imagination. So, Matthew Sleeman, I do commend you. I must commend the Chinese scientists who have come up with the world's smallest and tightest knot, K-N-O-O-T, K-N-O-T, with just 54 atoms. This is now a Guinness World Record. And scientists, sure enough, have created the smallest and tightest knot ever recorded. It's a microscopic knot. It looks a little bit like a three-leaf clover if you ever get it under a microscope. The knot structure, which loops around three times with no loose ends, holds a lot of significance in mathematical knot theory. The strength of the molecular knot increases as the ratio of atoms to back crossings decreases. So this is, I think, something that was achieved by accident, but it occurred during experiments with metal acetylides, uh, which are essential for organic chemical reaction. So congratulations. And there's some Canadian scientists that were involved in this as well. So congratulations to all of the scientists involved in this. Let me as well give a commendation to Delta Airlines. They have been ranked by the Wall Street Journal as the best U.S. airlines. That's right. Delta Airlines once again claim the crown as the best carrier in the publication's 16th annual airline scorecard. Congratulations, Delta. I have to commend, and, you know, he's excited. I'm sure that he's going to the Super Bowl, but I had this commendation on my list even before this. Travis Kelsey and a group called Kodiak, a company that produces high-protein breakfast products. They've teamed up, Travis Kelsey and Kodiak, to donate 25,000 
hot breakfasts to hundreds of Kansas City children and their families through a local nonprofit called Operation Breakthrough. Uh, I know, you know, maybe some of this is done just for publicity. So what? If you're going to get 25,000 hot breakfasts to kids that wouldn't otherwise have it, who cares? Travis Kelsey and Kodiak, I do commend you. I want to commend um, Suzanne Volpe, a Pennsylvania woman who crochets hundreds of scarves each winter, and then she leaves them around town for people to stay warm. This is great. So for the last decade, Suzanne Volpe has embraced a scarf bombing project that she now calls her passion. She first heard about scarf bombing, which is the act of bombarding a public space with scarves for those in need during the cold winter months back in 2014. She saw a Facebook post about it. One of her friends tagged her and said, hey, look, somebody's doing this, and they were putting scarves on trees. Well, now this 71-year-old retiree who's been crocheting for the last five decades said she was so inspired by the idea that she started making scarves herself and scarf-bombed areas around Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where she previously lived. There you have it. I want to commend Hunter Moore, a teenager with cerebral palsy who just won first place in a bodybuilding competition. In a lot of ways, Hunter Moore is just like any other teen athlete, loves to play sports, made the varsity team, doesn't mind throwing up a few gym selfies on social media. But... In Mr. Moore's case, he suffers from dystonic cerebral palsy. This happened from a stroke he suffered as an infant that left him partially paralyzed on his left side. I really can't imagine this. Um, It's difficult enough to become a bodybuilding champion, even if you're perfectly healthy. But to deal with partial paralysis... And cerebral palsy and still become a champion bodybuilder? I find this incredibly impressive. I mean, just think about it. The guy can't even really use his left arm. And yet, he was still able to generate enough muscle mass on both his right and his left to be symmetrical enough to win this bodybuilding competition. Because, look, that's an important judging criteria, symmetry. So what he'll do is he'll lock his left arm around a bar and pry it away from where it usually sits tucked up into his armpit. So like that, he can do a squat or a deadlift. By the time he competed in this professional natural bodybuilding association, he was pressing 120 pounds with one arm and deadlifting 405 took first place in his category in Dallas, competed again in November in Las Vegas to win first place in the professional class for men's disabled standing. So he's winning disabled competitions and able-bodied competitions. I find this athlete to be a remarkable, not just a remarkable athlete, but a guy, a person who shows a remarkable strength of will and the fact that you can set your mind to do something in spite of all your obstacles, and do it. Mr. Moore, I do commend you. I want to commend Dwayne Hingos. Dwayne Hingos has been honored for saving a woman from an alligator-infested pond after a car crashed. 
Dwayne Hingos heroically jumped into action in October after hearing the crash while outside his company's warehouse. And he's been honored by the city of Auburndale in Florida. And this is just a few months after he rescued this woman from this alligator pond. Tamara Huber Lucas is the woman he saved. She experienced a medical episode that caused her car to veer into the water. And she finally, at this ceremony on Monday, she got to thank Hingos for his heroics at that meeting. So, uh, way to go. Way to go. I love stories like that. I must also commend my now one-year-old nephew, Eric Pecan. Um, He is Carmine's first cousin. He is the child of my sister-in-law, Sharon, and my co-brother-in-law, James. And he's a very cute little boy. In fact, he looks a lot like Carmine. He's got kind of Ross Perot-style ears. But other than that, looks very similar to Carmine. And um, we missed his birthday party on Saturday because both Carmine and my wife were under the weather. And we weren't able to make the trip out there. But I really hated to miss it because not only because it's family that we really haven't seen since Christmas time or in some cases New Year's Eve Eve. But, you know, that's it's a pretty important milestone for a young man. And even though he may not remember it in a year or so, I would have liked to have been there. But happy birthday, Eric Pecan. And may this be your first of many commendations. I want to commend all of this year's Baseball Hall of Fame inductees. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer, they all reached the necessary 75% of the uh, Baseball Writers Association to make it to the Hall of Fame. I am a little disappointed that Billy Wagner fell just short of making it. I'm a Billy Wagner fan. I always have been. Look, I'm a Mets homer, and uh, Billy Wagner had a couple of decent seasons with the Mets. Obviously, his best years were with Houston. I would have loved to have seen one more Met in the Hall of Fame just because it's been so rare to have Mets in the Hall of Fames. I mean, at least Mets going in as Mets. Really, it's Tom Seaver and Mike Piazza. There's a lot of other Mets that go in there, but they're much more identified with other teams. But um, they also joined Jim Leland, who was voted in by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee last month. So a commendation to all of this year's Hall of Fame inductees. 